Are you 
What's up? Killer K wants a little uh, P Diddy. (laughs) (laughs) James, no. No P Diddy today. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Friday. What's up? Hey, hey, hey. I'm I'm recovering from, uh, you know, whatever this is. Not COVID, but something going on. How's everybody today? I'm good. Not dead yet. Not dead. What, what's up with you, Matt? Are you sick too? Oh, no, no, no. I'm present, but alive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All right. So I see um, we had some AI homework last week um, that needed to be completed. So we're going to, I guess, be we're going to be sharing that. Uh, James, since I was half present last weekend, what was the homework? No, it was Steve and I and Matthew and everybody were just kind of talking about uh, tech as we typically do. And we started down the AI path and we said it would be interesting to utilize things like mid-journey and whatever tools we use to create garments. And um, I think some of us did that. And I actually, I, I thought it was pretty awesome and incredible. And to be really honest with you, what I thought was going to happen happened and I got ideas from it. So um, yeah, I thought it was cool. I don't know if anybody else had a, a similar experience in the sneakheads. Uh, definitely. The yellow jacket you made is almost an exact to the uh, one that went on Dior's runway the other day or today. How how insane. Uh, what is that, though, that it just kind of spit out four silhouettes? Um, and to your point, one of them is extremely relevant and contemporary. Can we see it? Can you share it with everybody here in the audience? Or we got to wait? Uh, well, Steve. Let's, Steve just got here. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where in the hell I'm supposed to share this because I'm not. I mean, should, do I post it to to my wall or last time you guys were kind of doing it in the chat? Post it in the chat and we'll pin it to the top. All right. So I'm going to have to get it from my computer to my phone. So give me a minute. Hey, Steve. What's up? GMGM. How you doing? I'm recovering. How, so what were you, I heard you on the spaces uh, last night, was it that, and I heard you were uh, 
you were you were playing through the pain, true trooper. But um, how um, did you have like was was it COVID? Was it just a flu? Was it a cold? Like I I don't I don't know if I caught what you were running a, running. It with. was the flu. It was the flu. Then it said, you know, uh, you don't deserve a voice, and then that was it. So I had the like this flu for like two days. It was, I was really sick for like two days, and then uh, you know, kind of seemed like a head cold. I got tested for COVID. Was nothing was not COVID, you know, um, it was just like my body felt fine, but it said, no, no to your voice and you will be uh, infected with, affect, affected with mucus. So, you know, the mucus is starting to uh, clear up, but the sore throat is still sitting here. So, so now, are you Stuffy Robinson? I'm Stuffy Robinson. <laughs> I love you, Matt. So now I'm like got this like Eartha Kit thing going on. I don't know what this is, but um, this is me until it it uh, clears up. So hi, everybody. Welcome to Fashion Friday with Clubhouse Archives NFT. It's me, Stacky Robinson. And then we got our guy Steve here, James, Mary Beth, Matthew, Sneakheads, our Fashion Friday VIPs. If you would like to come up and chit-chat with us, don't be afraid. Uh, this is not an echo chamber sometimes. Um, so please feel free to come up. You know, uh, we do get into other conversations other than fashion. So if you don't feel like you uh, fit in here, trust me, you fit in very well. If you're in Web3, uh, you're good with me. So, you know, slide on through. <laughs> How was that, James? That was... Perfect. Sneakheads, come on, come on in here. By the way, I posted that uh, that image of Sneakheads. Come on in. Thanks, James. Hi, Stacky. I think I just want to say before it slips through my little brain that Matthew, I thought you were really kind with the name you just gave to Stacky, um, Stuffy Robinson, because I would I would have gone for Snotty Robinson, but that's. Uh... I knew you were see, <laughs> acting up, man. Stuffy, I like. I like uh, Stuffy Robinson. We don't want to be Snotty Robinson. I want to hear the um, I want to hear the album, <laughs> Stuffy Robinson. <laughs> um, yeah, the um, the AI, you know, designs and fashion garments homework was great. Um, I think most of us that have experimented with AI and especially Mid Journey uh, have probably ended up going down these crazy rabbit holes, and you end up bumping into. Because you're experimenting with language, you're experimenting with which descriptions are going to get the results that I want. And then you land on words that you can then keep using in different variations and attach them to other words and, and get some really amazing results. So it's, it's, it's a pure game of trial and error, really. But it's, um, it's, it's kind of like a scratch card and, and great things get revealed. I had loads of fun. Yeah, the thing I thought that was really interesting, or, or that is really interesting about it, is it is a it is a game of prompts, right? And and what I found is the more descriptive prompts you give, and the more you kind of know, right? Like I started using fashion terms um, on some of the items that I'll post later on, and it was actually spitting out more in line with what I was thinking. Whereas if I got general with it, it was just kind of it was it was very general. So I mean, it it does take into account terms that at first I was like, oh, I wonder if it's even going to recognize this and like understand what I mean. 
Um, and in a lot of instances it did. And it even spit out some lines and designs and things that I, I ne wasn't necessarily thinking. So I do see how this will be useful in pushing things forward in a sense. Um, but it's really quick. And I also see how some people aren't going to like it. Um, but I, I particularly like it. Steve, Steve, I don't know if you toyed around with anything or Matthew, if you, if you toyed around with anything, but I, I definitely had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, I, I, um, a couple things worth bringing up here. So I have definitely really enjoyed it. And I've actually almost been self-conscious about sharing some of my AI work because I feel like, I know it's silly because it is like a creative expression and it does take time knowing the right prompts, knowing how to do things and the refinement of language until you get what you're looking for. But it's almost like, ah, I didn't create it, but you did right out, out of, out of there. But there is a, a lawsuit going on against mid journey as well as some of the other ones. And actually, uh, unfortunately we couldn't get good insight because one of our, our coffee with captain friends, uh, near, near who's a, she's a, a lawyer who shows up in the morning is actually representing mid journey. Um, but it sounds like there's a lawsuit right now, which is super interesting. There's two sides of the coin on this one. Side number one is that the AI is a fancy collage where it's basically taking existing things that it's learning from and plopping them together based on your prompts, uh, which I could understand because I, I do these escaping reality AI prompts and I've seen sort of a similar guy with a backpack and gal with a backpack walking through like this, like, you know, uh, uh, sort of bioluminescent mushroom type thing that I've done. And I'm like, okay, like, it, I do see similarities there in the prompts, but that's also similar prompts. On the flip side, um, another one of our lawyer friends had mentioned, like, look, like, this is actually no different than if you go to an art museum. Because the the actual, um, and I want to bring it to, I'll bring it to fashion in a second, actually, as well. But a lot of people say, like, you know, oh, well, they have in the style of in the lawsuit. And that's where, like, they kind of call bullshit because the other lawyer that we were talking to was like, look, if you go to an art museum and you see art, because there's no repository that's a stored in, and then I go back and paint something based on my interpretation, is that something that an artist would be able to sue me over? And the answer in the art world is obviously no in that instance, and that's where they set the precedent. So it's super interesting to hear how that um, debate's happening in the AI world, and if the computer designs it, does it mean something? And, um, and, and where does that lie? And I, I don't know. I guess in a similar statement, it's like if someone goes to a fashion show and they say, I'm inspired by ex-designer um and that's sort of like you see those influences in that or a musician is inspired by a particular artist and you hear that in their in their songs at what point does it become copyright right if you steal a beat it's one thing and does this fall into that if you steal an actual design it's in one thing but if it's an inspiration so it's a large discussion that's happening in the ai world that i think is really interesting at the moment um so i don't know i, I want to toss that out there something that's going on at the moment and uh and pacing through that world. A well, lot, lot of hands coming up here, and we're going to get to them in a second. But I, I want to reference the conversation you said on, on coffee because I, I was literally fascinated and eating popcorn, uh, listening to these brilliant minds kind of debate this. Um, and here's where it got interesting for me. It, it was so lit. We had like five lawyers just like going at it. It was amazing. It was amazing. In, in like a very respectful way, but it was so cool. It was. It honestly it was one of my one of my more favorite spaces um, in, in a minute, and it was because you got to hear in real time, like actual arguments that these lawyers would and could. And, and I don't know if she like, she couldn't share as much as I think she wanted to, but point being, if there's an actual cache of these images somewhere, then, then I think that's going to be a problem um, for mid journey. But from my understanding, it was just like the AI was taught that that doesn't exist. It's going to be really interesting to see how this is argued and what it means for the future of the technology. Um, because, 
it's going to be one of those like immediate precedence cases, right? Where everybody's going to like utilize this to then move forward and, and structure their businesses around this technology. So in saying that, I think it's, I'm just fascinated by it. I can't wait to hear what everybody has to say about this, but I think it was Josh, then, um, then Ben, and then, and then Matthew. So Joshua, come on in. Hi. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I, I, I wanted to speak on the, the, how the AI works part. Um, because I've, Studied machine learning. I'm a programmer is, is one of my backgrounds, um, doing game development. Um, and also um, I'm a mid-journey expert and have talked to people who develop this software and stuff. Um, and I just wanted to say, unfortunately, uh, in the complaint, it's full of a lot of misinformation about how the technology actually works. Um, so you're correct. Um, in that the images aren't stored in the model at all. Um, and the models for each image that the model was trained on, the total size of it, um, like each image's contribution to the, the size of the model in megabytes is about like one quarter of one pixel or something like that. Um, so if, if you do the math, like 5 million images, and then the, the AI model is a couple gigabytes or something, so there's really no um, way, no possible way that um, the images can be compressed into the model. The only way to fit that much data is for the model to legitimately um, learn patterns, learn um, is, you know, in air quotes, to, to legitimately learn patterns, um, visual patterns. And so um, there is a, a really useful website from an educational standpoint called stable diffusion frivolous, I think is what it's called.com. And, um, it's, it gets a little emotional. <laughs> um, so just, you know, skim past that part, but it's really, it does a really, really good job of, um, side by side comparison, talking about a claim in the lawsuit and then, um, the facts, about how the technology works. Um, so it's um, even, you know, knowing a lot about the technology, there were a couple points where I realized, you know, like, oh, I didn't even understand to quite this detail how it works. So I found that very enlightening. I just wanted to suggest for anybody who wants to dig into it a little bit more. Um, I mean, obviously there's ethical problems that um, the data set was used without the consent of all of these artists, me being one of them. Um, and so that's a problem. And then, you know, their, their livelihoods are being threatened using their own data that was used against their consent. You know, that's definitely an ethical problem. Um, but unfortunately the lawsuit doesn't do a very good job of um, defending the, all the artists that it's claiming to represent. I, I do. Uh, we're going to keep going around. We're going to go to Ben next, although his hand went down, I think. Um, but I, 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 after he goes and Matthew and then Mary Beth, I do want to raise some philosophical and ethical questions around, around how this is used, right? Because I think that that's a really, we, we need to have that, that discussion. And I'm just curious to hear people's thoughts. But Ben, Ben, come on in. Yeah, happy to be up here. Uh, I don't always get to make the Friday spaces, but... Uh this is an exciting topic. So I felt the need. Um, 
one of the things I, I, I got to meet the guy who did uh, the Tom Cruise deep fakes uh, and, and started running that style of company of, of creating um, things that look like incredibly, incredibly realistic and in how you're able to emulate personas. And, and in our conversation, I was trying to uncover what the profit model was going to be like where they wanted to go first. And this idea came about of scaling celebrity. So the idea that right now, if you want to run a commercial, if you want to run an advertisement somewhere and you want to hire like a Kardashian or something to appear in your next Pepsi ad, um, there's the, the, the person appearing in that commercial means they have to be physically present. They have to stand a certain way if they have to act a certain way, but in a future with deep fakes, you could essentially bring this to scale where it becomes a much cheaper production cost. The AI, AI is learning from all the different mannerisms, the actions, or you just have a stand in and it's just caking a face over top of uh, a stand in actor and then replicating the vocal intonations and things like that. But when you were showing the kind of AI jacket from mid journey, what I was thinking is there's, there's huge value in being able to take um, a, a system and essentially getting it to auto Photoshop for you. Not just what does this jacket look like, but what does it look like on a specific model and, and then being able to take that to market. And so I think these tools are going to be used in really interesting ways. And it, yeah, whether it's, it's creating off of templates or not um, the advancement of being able to put a person like Kim Kardashian into a dress, just using that system to bridge the gap on this is what this person looks like. This is what the dress looks like. Fill in the blanks, I think is going to be huge. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think you were the one that raised the question in the channel earlier, um, Ben, in terms of like the evolution of that, seeing them a I think I could, and I'll probably try some prompts as we go through this discussion to see what, what some of the things that I'd created that, I'll start to just share out in the chat kind of randomly what they look like on models. And if you could bring items that were created then together as an outfit, right? That That's really super interesting because that's extremely efficient in our industry, right? If I can create looks for a client based off images that even they provide, like we didn't have to provide them. And we could say, all right, let's put these looks together. Let's show them what they might look like on the runway. And then let's kick them back using a program like this. I mean, that's vastly um efficient and and highly valuable to a lot of our, our businesses i'm sure matthew's got plenty to say on this let's kick it to him um as someone that's in that industry uh, specifically of styling and whatnot matthew what, what do you think about that statement i think there's a ton of potential with ai in the fashion industry like one you know it allows for a lot of smaller designers to have the potential of having almost their own workforce so I think in that aspect, you know, it, it's a double-edged sword. I think the biggest aspect of it is the education of AI and sort of what, you know, how we can give equity to those creators or those innovators that are added into the prompts. Like when I first came into the space, like it was looking at as a photographer, knowing that I my entire team that's involved in the image, my models, my hair and makeup team, my stylist, my set designers, they all deserve equity within 
my creation. And I think that in the context of AI, it's like if you're going to sell for profit, if say, you know, like Geiger is one of the most readily used uh, prompts used nowadays and thinking if maybe like a point something percentage can of sales goes to that. Like now that we have the technology that can give back to a lot of these artists that are influencers in, you know, generative art or even just in artist creation, you know, being able to get back to the teams for the like the current, but also to, you know, foundations like the Hearing Foundation or the Warhol Foundation to give back to communities to I think there's a way for us to look at the usage of technology, the ability for provenance, the ability for us to track a lot of this information. And, you know, it, it's all written down in the prompt. So being able to write down those keys, you know, and that being part of purchasing those things, I, I think it's all a huge amount of potential, but it all comes down to, you know, looking at how to educate each other to say, how do we, utilize this technology responsibly and not just, you know, take advantage in another new tech wave. Can, can I ask a question before you move on? Cause I, I have something specific for Matthew. All right, cool. Um, yeah. So like, what do, what do you think the impact's going to be? Like if, if we start bringing celebrities, influencers and things to scale by using kind of the, uh, a system like this, it does it, it mean like a consolidation. Like if all of a sudden, certain celebrities because you can use ai or, or other things to replicate and like license their images cheaper it does it mean that like the fashion industry gets smaller in terms of like these are the models that everyone uses for this thing because they're big um like that's something i, I worry about actually with what this might do or do you think it's going to give the ability for more people to show off what they might look like in different outfits and then increase uh, attention on different models? Unfortunately, I think it's going to be more of the same. Um, much of the modeling industry, you know, is, I, I mean, season by season, the groups of people that are bookable or commodifiable are very small. Like, I, I've been in many rooms where they'll say, no, she doesn't look right or like we can't book her because we don't look like she's not the look anymore and it's like top tier people that you would expect to be easily booked but there really is a small selection almost every season of models yeah it seems are... like they use the same ones over and over that's why i was like it, yeah. is this gonna make it worse this is like because then it brings that one model who is the look to everybody because it's scaling them is what i'm like worried it's it's gonna even restrict it further in an already restricted space I think what it has the possibility to do, I, I don't know this aspect of the technology yet, but I know that there are conversations, especially with a lot of the AI uh, personalities that are happening now, or the artificial uh, influencers, especially in Asia, you're seeing a lot of the potential for people to look not necessarily at individuals, but at you know, an idea of a person that could potentially have the ability to, you know, utilize whatever tech, like say you're on your cell phone, but the AI is then going to know sort of your race, your gender, your sort of niche. So any of these AIs that are going to come to you or these uh, sort of artificial influencers are going to be more data matched to your 
uh, gender, your race, your interests. So I think there's a lot of potential for us to be able to see ourselves more utilizing this technology because, you know, if it is mining how many people are out there, it's really going to get a better understanding, hopefully, of how many people are actually diverse. And it's not just a white centric, you know, perspective on art and culture. And I think that you're seeing a lot of that now. But I'm hoping that, you know, this sort of opens the floodgate to seeing, you know, diverse voices are the profit margin and being able to open the door for us all to kind of have that conversation. But, you know, it's all in beta phase and everything is going to have the worst case scenario, but also the best case scenario, especially in this industry, I think. And yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of potential, but I don't really foresee it you know, having a big movement as far as the models or the casting yet. Yeah, we, we might get to a place where I think we're the models, like like you're saying, like your, your phone is capturing images of you and then fielding it to an algorithm that's putting you in the outfit. Um, so th- that that could be crazy cool. <laughs> yeah, and also it's when you look at like celebrities, they're a lot like IPs. So thinking about you know, that kind of law is going to be constantly in negotiation. And, you know, some people are going to want to have their image commodifiable in like an OnlyFans kind of way and quick and easy and cheap. But other people are going to want to, you know, make it very expensive and hard to access their visual. So, you know, there could be a lot of opportunity for people to propose ideas, but for them to actually sell things utilizing those visuals, you know, I, I think... You're going to have to watch how a lot of the gaming community and the gaming IPs operate right now because how they're creating interoperability is going to be a big signifier of how luxury brands or even how celebrities are going to operate within the space. So I don't know if Mary Beth's still in a place where she can comment, but I did want to kick it to her before I ask a, a specific question. Go ahead, Mary Beth. Just I, um, I just have a technical background question specifically for Josh, since you were talking about Midjourney, um, and this is you know to represent anyone maybe who hasn't used a Midjourney type program or isn't familiar with AI art. So, um, to my understanding, does Midjourney or like programs or softwares or any other AI platforms, does it scrape images from the internet that's my because a lot of people think like oh my gosh it's reading my mind it knows what to put out there that was my first question does it scrape that and then is it a mix of that in you know words or what we may think as seo if joshua is still there i, I am yeah sorry i wasn't sure if i could if i could go <laughs> yeah um, far in sure um so i mean I can't speak as an official representative of Midjourney, but I can say um, some things the the CEO has said before, and you know, people um, just relaying information from them, um, which is um, sorry, I'm trying to be careful with my words here. Uh, so Midjourney and Stability both use um, the Lion dataset, L A I O N. Uh, in addition, Midjourney has their own um, custom modifications to that data set on top of that. Um, and so the... Sh- Meaning yeah. 
meaning if I use the words like red elephant that is angry in the rain, it has its own translations of that, of what they concoct, like their own equation. That sounds lit, Mary Beth. I'm going to put that in a sec. Red <laughs> elephant that's angry in the rain. I'm going to uh, give me a sec. We're going to see what it spits out. Yes. Um, yeah. So the short answer is yes. Um, they, Stability used a pre existing data set that somebody else scraped for research. And then they took that data set and then commercialized it. Midjourney did the same thing, but they um, heavily customized the data set. So theoretically, they could have removed some images, they could have added some. And every image has, um, if you want to think of it like tags, it has tags that go with it. And when you train the model, it creates kind of like a mind map. If you're familiar, if you've used that or have seen, you know, you have like a word and then that word is connected to other words. It's like that sort of concept mixed with the images. So when you type a word into your prompt, you're kind of um, asking for uh, the AI to imagine a destination to that word. And then based on the mind map um, from the training of the data set, you're kind of following a path on the way to that word, if that makes sense. So when you type in 10 words, you're creating like a very complex destination, you know, that's like a point in 30 dimensional space or whatever. And then based on your words, that uh, walks you on a path toward that point. And, um, and then the AI starts with noise, completely random static noise. And then each step as you get closer, you remove noise from the image. Um, and it's kind of trying to optimize and figure out like, what's the best well-walked path based on the words that you put. So it doesn't collage at all. Um, and in fact, when I was talking earlier about, I even learned something from that one website. Um, I was thinking like, maybe it would learn uh, visual patterns of, of contrasted pixels in the data or something, but it's even like less direct than that. Um, and it actually works really similar to the human visual cortex. And I can say that because in mid-November, um, there was this project MindViz where they took brain activity um, from people looking at images, recorded it, and then trained uh, one of these diffusion models so that it could, you could essentially prompt the brain activity of somebody looking at an image. And the images that came back are actually quite accurate based on what somebody saw. And so the reason why it worked so well is because there are a couple concepts of how the visual cortex has worked in terms of new cognitive science discoveries and stuff. And then they saw the way the diffusion models worked and they went, huh, those two things are actually pretty similar to each other, let's try it. And then it ended up like being, you know, 50% better than or 60% better than the previous state of the art. So it actually does like at least in visual cortex terms, you know, visual intelligence, it works in some way similar to how a human brain works. So, Thank you for that clarification. You know, when everyone was speaking about this earlier, I had Googled, um, you know, you mentioned stable diffusion um, and then I. Pop, it popped up a headline about Getty, right? Making, filing a complaint about it. And so I was, get that's Getty Images. So, um, you know, they host millions of licensed images, right? By photographers, um, you know, whether they're editorial 
or they're artistic and you can buy these images to use, you know, for certain purposes. So when I read that, I was like thinking either, man, these AI platforms either didn't, and part of my layman's terms, um, didn't filter this and change it up enough for it to not be realized, right? And I had read further and it said, oh, it even had a warped image of the Getty Images watermark in one of the photos that they had used, right? And so that's why I was asking the technicalities about it. Um, and then just, it's 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 just interesting to me because I I was thinking that like, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's our own hands or our own minds or an AI platform, that there is some kind of like inspiration or at least creativity in terms of whether you want to paint it, flip 180 horizontally an image and then warp it, whatever words you want to use. Um, I was just wondering, you know, how Getty was able to finally quote finally detect that or if these claims were shots in the dark so um don't answer that it was kind of rhetorical but i was just kind of i, I really wanted to know how it worked because i don't think a lot of people are familiar with the technical technical aspects so thank you so much you know here's and that and mary beth you kind of teed it up perfectly for me because that that was where i was going when i said i had an ethical question and christopher we'll go to you next but I do want to pose the question because you, you kind of led into what I was thinking. Where does the fault lie? Like when, if you were to place blame or, or a, a suit, right, regardless if it's frivolous or not on someone for say hiring an artist to recreate the Mona Lisa and the artist does it flawlessly. And then I turn around and sell that. Is the artist at fault for being commissioned to do a replica? or the individual that, that then goes out and sells this. And this is where I have a problem with AI and, and even what Getty is doing, because I feel like they felt like it was an attack on art and they're utilizing this as a means to attack back. And I don't think that that's right um, because it's, it's always about the intent and the use of, and I made this reference in Coffee with Captain, which by the way, Steve, kudos again on the, on the space. If you don't listen to Coffee with Captain uh, every Monday through Friday, um, you need to, uh, the space starts at 8am and it typically runs for a couple hours. It's where I learned some of the things about this case that I, I then did further research on. And that was where I came up with this conundrum of like, if I did that commission and, and I copied the McDonald's logo is, is the use case that I actually used, I think at the very end of coffee, like McDonald's can sue me for that. Like I can't just do that. So it isn't the AI company's fault with what people do with the technology, right? Like same with the gun companies. Like I can't sue Smith and Wesson if I go out and shoot someone. That's I, I took the weapon and I weaponized it, right? I, I utilized the tool in a way that it likely wasn't intended. So I, I just, and I hate to bring up such a controversial, uh, controversial issue, but, but the point is the point. And that's where I, I have issues. So that's kind of like the ethical conundrum I wanted to bring up. And I, I think Steve wanted to chime in on this, but uh, I also wanted to kick it down to Christmas. Steve, go ahead. 
Yeah, two, a couple things on that real quick. Uh, I'll, I'll be that guy and say, actually, the Mona Lisa one would be totally fine because Mona Lisa is actually Creative Commons CC0. So shout out Kevin Rose and Moodbirds on that one. They can uh, they can use that one all they want. So uh, I'm being an wow. asshole. It's funny, you complimented <laughs> me. I'm like, you complimented my show and everything. And I'm like, maybe I won't do this. But I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, so Mona Lisa is actually Creative well, you, Commons. You got, in, you got the point, though. But the point was the point was actually. Can I, since, can I just since, say, Steve, you've been choosing violence a lot more lately, and I I, I love it. Man, him and him yeah, and I, Cap and uh, Cap speedbagged me the other day together. It was like a know, combination. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, it was 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 not they, great. They um, fed up. They're fed up. Yeah, Cap and I have been spicier. Uh, Kyan in the coffee this week, and we've it, yeah. And thanks for the shout out. We, we'll we'll cover everything from like lawyers intelligently debating uh, case precedents to this morning. We talked a lot about a game based on a key stuck in a monkey's asshole. So we'll, we'll cover it all. But, um, I, you know, I, I think, like, the, the conundrum of technology is a really interesting one. And uh, just to make an analogy over to, you know, an artificial, another type of artificial intelligence, people talk about self-driving cars. And, you know, the example I always use with that is that, you know, the ethical dilemma is a really interesting one in there. Because if I am driving my car and I swerve my car into another car, that is an accident. If an AI car makes a decision, so, you know, as the example, a child is walking across the street, running across the street in front of my car. It cannot stop in time. There is a brick wall on the other side. My car now has to make an AI decision to turn into the wall or to hit the child, right? And and, I'm, and, and the thing about that is it's like it's this ethical dilemma where it's like that is an on-purpose deliberate decision. So how the technology is programmed makes a difference based on these ethical dilemmas. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, something like self-driving cars need a lot more thought than just a, a you know a universal grid and i think to your point with ai the only answers there are sort of laws and regulations around how it's used um and, and then applying that to other laws right if i use the mcdonald's logo i'm not a lawyer but i'll do my best here right like i i at least talk to some smart ones it's like if i have a mcdonald's logo and i do a creative uh photography of it or interpretation of it i can sell that as modern art based on that interpretation if i take a mcdonald's logo and i open mcsteve's and i use the same exact logo uh, that doesn't fly, right? They're going to sue me for using their uh, their trademark logo uh, to open McSteve's House of Burgers. So I think like those are the things that sort of like fly over and there's like certain levels that fall into that law, which people way smarter than me know about that interpretation. But you're right, it's how the tool is used, but then it's like, how do you define the laws within how that tool is used? And is the way that that tool is sourcing image images uh, going correctly being used, right? Like we talked about with Midjourney and how they do it and there being no database being the, being the right way. So um, definitely want to chime in and, and bring that to the table though, James. I think it's a really, really good uh, deep discussion. What if it was McDowell's with the, the golden arcs? Sorry, I, I had to go there. Oh, there you <laughs> oh go. That, there you go. Uh, right. So, all right, uh, let's go down. People throwing rose petals at my feet, man. <laughs> uh, let's go down to Christopher. You've been patient and I apologize. Uh, we kind of bounced around there, but go ahead, chime in. What, while we're waiting for Chris to call off mute, fun fact, did you know I'm like 99% sure that James Earl Jones and the woman who played his wife, whose name is escaping me for some reason, in Coming to America, were also uh, Simba's parents in The Lion King? All right. There's a fun fact for the day. I'm, I'm like 90% what? sure. That's solid. That's a good fun Well, fact. in that fun fact, Christopher got rugged, but he's coming back. So hold on. Let's see if uh, Christopher, are you there? Lion King is just Hamlet. <laughs> Christopher, Christopher, you uh, Christopher's Uncle Phil is the voice of Shredder and Ninja Turtles. We can go all day. <laughs> what? 
Because you listen, you drive too many. Right, let's do this. Let's. Uh, I think it was Mary Beth and Joshua. I don't know who came first, but go ahead, chime in, and we'll see if we can get Christopher back. So the question you posed, James, is exactly why I asked uh, my initial tech questions, right? Because I was thinking, let's reel it back into art really quickly. Um, if if one of these AI platforms had actually purchased the appropriate license, right, from Getty to use these, okay, so things would go a little smoother. But the issue is when it uses that image for whatever equation of words or art that spits out 10,000 requests from individual artists, right? So then I would think that in that aspect, yes, it's kind of like who shoots the gun, um, but uh, it is the artist using it. I don't know. See, that's where it gets tricky, in my opinion, right? And then, you know, yes, we do buy or rent or pay for a subscription for a license to use these AI platforms, but that's where I get it gets really tricky. But I, I would have assumed, I don't know, there's AI, there's web scraping, but I would have assumed that I mean, I always thought as like Getty images, wire image, like, oh, that's like the holy, like, those are the one images you don't right click and copy and paste, right? So I would have assumed that platforms would have paid for certain licenses to scrape, the, but you really, I don't know if you can code that into your platform. But I just, I, I'm having trouble though with, yes, like who is, where does the liability fall? Where does the blame fall? Because at some point there could be some kind of quote malfunction whatever the equivalent of a malfunction is in the the tech or ai world right to i guess the end user carrying the burden of that malfunction because it's not like we're driving a car but yet we're creating something um Sorry, that was that was kind of where my no, you were, my head was we, we were aligned. That's why I was so glad that you asked that right before I asked the ethical question because that's kind of the precursor to that question. My understanding, though, that it's just, it's machine learning, right? It's not really cached. It's taught uh, all, all of these things, which well, then who taught that? Do you get what I'm saying? Well, they, they, I, it's right. It's obvious. Joshua I, mean, did. I, I think Joshua should. Yeah, Joshua should probably. <laughs> it's Joshua, right? I think he should answer that. I, I don't. I can't give you the correct answer. But Josh, you want to? Can you enlighten us at all in in that? Like, how is that taught? Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, I guess maybe um, I was going to comment on a a comment that you made earlier. Maybe this is a good sure, way to kind say, of do both with one cover stone. It all, yeah. Um, which is that um, in the context of this technology, the AI doesn't make decisions. Um, it's kind of like if you were to um, develop your own weather system and then you're just creating an environment in which um, a lightning strike could occur. So the AI is just kind of like um, following... Uh, following the dynamics of the system and then trying to come up with the most optimized result based on those dynamics. Hopefully that makes sense. Sorry if I'm being a little nerdy <laughs> with my wording, but um, so yeah, it's, it is definitely uh, the burden is on those who are developing and designing the models in which to, uh, to be responsible and ethical. Um, the reason why they're so confident in what they've done uh, is because of the keyword transformative. This is my understanding. I'm not a lawyer. 
this is not legal advice. I'm just relaying my understanding uh, is that um, their model is transformative on the original works. And so, um, and then I can definitely speak more specifically to the case of mid journey. There are algorithms that um, basically when you reference something in the data set, like a specific artist or whatever, it pushes you away from creating an image that's really similar to one of the images in the data set. Um, so it kind of diverts you. It, it tries to get you in the same uh, general area, but then it diverts you from being too derivative. However, speaking specifically to the, um, the problems that can happen, uh, Mary, the, um, there's this concept called overfitting. And if you want to think of it in human terms, it's like, when you get super obsessed with an image and like your entire world is that image, you would have it memorized. It's that kind of same concept. So Steve, gosh, is it Steve McCurry? Sorry if I'm getting his name wrong. The Afghan girl, like one of the most famous uh, photos in the world, you know, on the cover of Nat Geo and all that. That was overfit in the data set. So you could prompt his name even, you didn't even have to refer to that photo and you would get something that looks too much like the Afghan girl. So uh, what Midjourney did is just make his name unpromptable. <laughs> uh, and but that is very much a case where that specific issue definitely violates copyright, right? Because you're you're um, at least mostly copying an existing image, and that's kind of like the bad things that can happen with a quote unquote error. Just tossing in. Um... That's, first of all, a really great answer. It's an interesting point, though, when you talk about the concept of the um, the image and it being like, hey, it's like a storm system where you can create lightning. It's like, um, you know, I, I think it's an interesting analogy and, and a good one to say, like, look, like, it's not the thing which could be positive because you can create, you know, a sunny beach with this same system and you can also create a tornado. The person who creates the tornado is an asshole and should be locked up. The person who creates the sunny uh, piece is not an asshole and is doing us a favor. So I, I like that analogy. Um, again, total side tangent. I don't know why I'm very like squirrel today, but um, interesting point you made about um, the, you happen to reference the Afghan girl worth, worth noting just cause we're in an, you know, a lot of web three, obviously web three in fashion Friday. Um, Unchained monkey uh, by Metagood. Actually, if you remember Afghan girl with the piercing green eyes, she actually was feeling unsafe in Afghanistan in the past couple of years they took mint money that they had and uh, secondary sale money and worked with the government of Italy to get her asylum and get her kind of like freed and her family. So they were safe. So I thought that was just an interesting, like NFTs for good. Cause we don't hear about that quite as much. So I don't know. It's again, side tangential and sorry to take us off the rails. Cause I, I think Josh had some really interesting um, thoughts in how that was. And I love the idea of excluding prompts. It's the same way that say, if you're managing a discord for like a large corporation, you're probably going to exclude certain words to, uh, you know, ensure that you don't have blow ups within the discord. And I think excluding certain prompts could actually be a really good solvable piece where, you know, having the right sort of regulatory actions means that without crushing the creative process, you could ensure that things aren't copied. So I love that, Josh. So everybody who just moseyed all on in, I'm going to go ahead and reset the room real quick and let you guys know what we're talking about. So this is fashion Fridays of, Clubhouse Archives NFT. That's James. But anyway, uh, we have Steve here too, co-hosting and our Fashion Friday VIPs. So please go ahead and retweet out the room. You know, get some people in here. Comment at the bubble below if you have any questions. 
or you want to hear uh or we want to see some of your ai art i guess it, maybe start doing some ai art uh when it comes to fashion let's see your fashion your taste or some shit i don't know but um yeah so we're talking about ai we're talking about the future of fashion and ai and we're talking about just some very nerdy you know uh stuff when it comes to ai we were talking about prompts so um yeah it's okay to be a nerd that's why we're here <laughs> I love how I love how Steve is like. Oh, I, I just happened to chase a squirrel, which is like really odd and, and not not common. Um, a, a, anyway, uh, let Christopher do. You, let's try. Let's see if the fifth time is a charm. Hopefully, you're in a good place. Hopefully, I am. Can you hear me let's now? go, Christopher. Let's do it. Yeah. Got this high end mic that I can't use. I'm very thrilled that I have to switch over my phone. You look very um, thrilled. Look very. I know, all right. Oddly enough, you know, I didn't do it on purpose, but uh, my my avatar actually kind of looks like me when I'm very thrilled. Um, as far as the Afghan the Afghan girl thing um, it goes, like all that did was filter out the actual text. Like it didn't actually stop anybody from using it at all. It's it's a band aid on on an issue, and they keep doing this where it's like. You know, this famous artist doesn't want to be in the data set. This famous artist doesn't want to be in the data set. But they never take them out of the data set. I mean, this has come up for me with it, without me even having to ask for it. Like, I was trying to generate, like, just random uh, faces with, like, glowing eyes. And it just made that, be I guess, because, of, you know, their eyes are bright. Her eyes are bright in the picture, right? So they're not doing shit that they should be doing. They're just, uh, they're just putting a Band-Aid on it and hoping no one notices. And they keep doing this. It should shouldn't be an opt out process. It should be an opt in process for living artists and for uh, these, like like getting getting images and all these other stock things. Every time I see like a watermark, I'm like, come on, guys. You may not have um, control over what the what the AI does with the data, but you sure as hell have control over that data set, don't you? So it's just anything that they say against that, it's an excuse. I'm sorry, but it's an excuse. I don't care how long it takes. It shouldn't have happened in the first place, and they need to fix it. That's all I got to say. So, no, I, first of all, I appreciate the opinion on that, and that's kind of why I raise the ethical questions. I, I want to be able to debate this in a healthy way. My, my curiosity lies in, in the the quote-unquote learning in the algorithm. So you're correct. Maybe maybe it should have been an opt-in process and, and this technology has been in development for well longer than I think we all even know, right? Um, so my question on that is, if they can control the data set and remove all of these things, I mean, is that like, is that the future of how the, the technology can be reset? Or, or I, I don't even know the answer to this. Or does the machine, like, this was a weird thing I heard the other day on, on uh, I don't remember, I was listening to clips from something and they were debating the ethical future of, of AI and they compared it to consciousness, right? And they say um, that it currently doesn't have consciousness in the same way that a child doesn't have that when they learn from a parent. And they said, but at one point, the child just gains that. And they, they said, from a lack of understanding that we have with our own human consciousness, we are running the risk of experiencing that in the same way with a computer. And, and my question is, is that true? Like, I don't know if Josh should answer that or, or who knows, because if that's the case, then will inevitably removing things from the data set matter. Right. And I guess that's, that's, 
that's a question. Well, you'd have to retrain the model, right? Right. Exactly. So I'm I'm just curious if yes. anybody has any thoughts on that. But we should probably we got a ton of hands. I don't know who's Let's next. Let's go to hands. Yeah. Who's any who's mini, next? Mini, mo, any mini mini mo, you can go. Uh, we got six. What's up, six? Yeah, I don't pay attention to hands. So you just gotta go. I I ain't even gonna do the money money mom like that, you know what I mean? Cause you know, appreciate that. But you know what? I am right now. Appreciate y'all, cause I was here earlier and I got rugged. Uh, what's going on with everybody? This is a great space. Um, I do want to add on something to it. Like, I know everybody here kind of agrees to a lot of the same points. Um, for me, from the outside looking in, like, I am not. I don't know how to do art. I wish I was like. I got a good eye for art and I collect art and as a collector um, I feel like regardless of if the world like it or not is here we talk about AI it's here new technology is here it's not going nowhere um, technology is definitely not going backwards so people just need to get over the fact that uh, it, it shit is moving forward and, and you have to learn and adapt to get with ahead of the curve or you're going to get left behind. Now I feel like it's art. Art is art. And that's a right now it's still depending on the person kind of asking the AI and, and for the right, you got to ask the right questions. You got to put the right information in order to get the results that you want, whether it's art or whether it's um, a fucking paragraph about anything. Uh Later on down the line, I feel like 10, 5, 10, 15 years from now, it might be different because it's learning, it's, it's growing at a, at a very, very fast pace. It, it's just interesting to see and it's super dope of what kind of dope shit people is going to create. This is just another opportunity. You can either look at it like, oh, my God, it's taking over the jobs and it's going to do this. Or you can look at it like, yo, it's another opportunity for somebody that's a million times smarter than me, be able to collaborate with me with, with that is a part of me and be able to come out with some even more dope shit. I feel like the, the next generation of children is going to be hella smart, a lot smarter than us. We got raised by fucking Google. Uh, some of us got raised without Google and Google. Now, this generation of kids, they have AI. They have all these new technology. This is their generation. I say it all the time. And I'm going to say it again. Uh, I feel like some of the, the groundbreaking technology and, and, and when it comes to art, when it comes to anything in life, when it comes to this AI, robots, when, uh, Web3, I feel like the founders of, uh, and the creators of those that technology and those projects are just about to start middle school. You know, man, and, and it's because that's the reality. This is their generation. It's not going to be us. We pro Some of us probably going to see, like, somewhat of the end result of what we building on and what we talking about. All we doing is romanticizing with the idea and hope. So, oh, what if this happened? Same thing with crypto, NFTs. Okay, what if this project, uh, this is what it does, this blockchain. Well, what happens if somebody build a better blockchain 10 years from now? All this shit will be obsolete. At one point in time, everybody thought AOL was the dopest shit on earth. Uh, MySpace was the dopest shit on earth, and that was it. Now look where we at now. So MySpace is still the, the shit, I would say. <laughs> this is still, is this still open? I never had social media. Like, I missed all of that. 
like the MySpace, the Facebook. I think I caught the last end of it. That's when I finally got a Facebook and Instagram shit. But I just feel like you either you either learn and learn how to adapt and how to actually properly use it and use it for your benefit or shit stay behind and complain about it like everybody else well i'll agree with you and i'll push back on you a little bit like i do think that this current generation is and and people in this room are, are putting together the foundation of the house right because like you talk about aol absolutely aol is is dead and um and went nowhere but you know without web crawler we wouldn't have google without aol we wouldn't have the current iteration of the internet uh chat rooms and social media so I think, and I see you clapping, so I think like that that was probably your intent with what you're saying there, so I appreciate that. I think you're right, the innovators come, and the point you made about AI is so spot on as far as, I don't know, I've, I've had this conversation related to the metaverse when I've spoken with like large businesses, and they're like, digital assets are stupid, I don't get it, why do I want a digital asset? It's like, and I like look in the room, and a lot of them are around my age or a little older, I'm 39, and I'll say, do any of you all have kids? They're like, yeah, I'm like, your kids beg you for Robux all the time and go out and buy digital skins and digital fashion and digital things that they're going to wear. And they're all like, yeah, we do. They do. And I'm like, so that's the generation that's growing up now. Do you think that they're going to have a problem owning digital goods? Because that's what they've grown up with. And, you know, it's just this moment where it's like, whether you like it or not, that stuff's coming. And I think your point about AI and what's art and what's not art is so interesting because there's a point when people say abstract art's not art or modern art's not art. And art is whatever people decide art is. And so, you know, to your point, like, people who are defining AI art, like we're probably going to see that, you know, continue to see that as a, um, you know, pushed forward medium, the same way people don't like generative art, like art blocks and things that are on chain. I love generative art. I think it's elegant and beautiful, the combination of art and technology. Some people don't. And they, they say that's not really art, but to me it is. And so, you know, art's what you decided is. So I, I love that you made that point. And I do think you're, you know, exactly really well said about the fact that, you know, the person who's going to invent the next, you know, super app like you know blockchain thing that's going to continue to change the world like we're building right now and creating a foundation but that person is in like seventh grade right now like you said like i mean that person is eventually going to have the technology and the resources but like you know buying crappy board eight yacht club merch that look like friggin' like you know you know affliction gear with apecoin was not a great system but what it did do was let us buy using a fungible token in apecoin and it was super clunky now ApeCoin has a game where you can spend it instantly within the game and use it and have it as a boost. That's a move forward that started with something super clunky that was built that'll continue to build forward. So I don't know. I, I love a lot of what you said there. I just wanted to, you know, kind of chime in before we keep going. To, to add to that, <clears throat> people always complain about shit coins. Like I also do crypto. I invest in crypto. I really don't know how to trade yet, but people talk some, I do, I do it. So I am people. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I am. I talk so bad about crypto because I teach about financial literacy and I feel like uh, those fucking shit coins got put in here to crash people's dreams and kind of punch you in your mouth when they drain all your money and then you don't want to deal with generational wealth and things that actually is here to do something. <clears throat> but I would never disagree with like Dogecoin and Shiva. I think that's the trick. I have friends that call me every other day, bro, get you some Shiva. I'm not fucking buying Shiva. But I feel like those uh, shit coins, what it did is woke a lot of people up to crypto. It made a lot of these young kids make a lot of money 
And what they did is learn about trading. They learned how to deal with crypto. It opened their eyes for so, that shit onboarded so many people and made them. Some of them don't even deal with fucking people. They, they, they made a lot of money in Dogecoin and Shiva. Some of them still on crypto. Some of them started learning about stocks. So that opened their fucking mind to do something greater with their life. So, yeah, the, the beginning stages of it was kind of crappy how you jumped in it. But it, it woke people up. So as many things that's gonna happen like that. Go ahead, Money Mom. I see your your hand tired. I know. I know. I know. How you doing? What's up? Money? Hey, how you doing, Money Mom? Hey, I just woke up. I, I'm glad that I, I made this space because uh, I. <laughs> you the type that takes GM. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm I'm gonna let it be known. You the type that takes GM. That you tweet GM hello early to make people believe you woke up at fucking seven o'clock in the morning. And then went right back to sleep. Go ahead. Well, technically, I did wake up, but then I just went back to sleep. So I said, good morning, everybody. And then I'm like, all right, like, y'all enjoy your morning. I'm going to go enjoy my morning nap. But I was just going to say, like, uh, as an artist, I'm about to talk some shit. All right. Like, um, especially about uh, AI and, like, when it comes to that. And to the point of, um, you know, copyright or what is it? Copywriting or, like, uh copying off of people and stuff like that like one there's no original thought out there right like there's no original thought out there and if you're a a artist like a fashion designer anything that's trained up all you do is learn other people's technique and like um, art history like you're just learning like shit about old artists and like other artists and stuff like that so like when artists come and they're like whining in the space like oh my gosh they took my style or you know I don't want to be a part of that AI thing because of blah 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 like one it takes skill to use AI like it's not just something that you you know like you can type type a prompt in and like you automatically like good at AI like you have to know what the fuck you're doing like you got to be smart to a certain extent and then for ai art like it's it's a bunch of things right like um like when it comes to color when it comes to technique when it comes to positioning like it's so much to ai art that like it's not like um it's not as easy as like okay i'm about to steal right like and then you guys know it it got the funny shit going on with the extra fingers and the you know the the horizon isn't lined up and the roof looks funny so it's it's just like it's so much to it but i also like i I stand on like okay when you learn about fashion you learn about a certain sleeve that's from the renaissance like you take that sleeve and then you're able to put it on one of your outfits in the future right like you you're like okay it's it's uh bunched up like this and this is like uh based off of this designer like i got this idea from this designer like it's not an original thought you just kind of take it and like piece it together like a puzzle for your new stuff right and so that's kind of how i look at ai like i don't i don't look at it as like stealing you know what i mean like there's some stolen art and most of it is the stuff that we think is real like most of it is those paintings in the museums like that be the fakes you know what i mean like that those are copies that's like a fake like that's not the original that's not you know what i mean like in AI is it's it's a bunch of it is a lot of data and it did do come from a lot of different styles and artists and stuff like that but it still is a original outcome like to me like that's how I feel about it and I just I just feel like 
I don't know, like if you're if you're an artist and you're doing your thing and like you you're doing in real life stuff and you are you know like you're you train traditionally, like the need for you is not gonna go away because AI came. Like um you know if you if you paint or you do sculptures or you're creating clothes and stuff like that, like AI is gonna be a tool, just how it is for writers and you know like other other people. It's not you know, even if we taught it everything, like eventually it's just gonna it's it's just some of everything that we already have like and people are still going to come up with like their their original ideas outside of that but I don't think it's as detrimental like as people are making it seem you know what I mean I think what's detrimental is teaching robots like how to use guns like if you want to talk about like machine learning and like bad AI like that to me like teach them teach the robot how to clean the window teach them how to vacuum the floor and then like kind of leave it at that. Like teach them how to like hem up a skirt. Like we talk, we fashion Friday, right? Like, so let's teach them how to like measure the models. Like why, why would we want to teach them how to uh, backflip and kick somebody in the chest? Like I, you know, like that's where I think like the problem. Why would we not want that? (laughs) What'd you say, Christopher? Something slipped. Why why would we not want that? That sounds amazing. No. no, Christopher. No, <laughs> then, and then when then when it learns and when it like Clubhouse said and it reaches that point of consciousness, it's like okay, humans got me fucked up. Like I'm about to go kick everybody in the chest now. Everybody who's a person getting kicked in the chest. <laughs> then we got these robots going crazy out here. So so no, I think you know as long as it's like more so looked at as a tool. Because even okay, just say I used AI to generate like this outfit. Um, then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go create it, right? Like it is one thing to have AR and like virtual, you know, like uh, wearables and stuff like that. But it's another thing to be talented enough to say, "Hey, okay, I took this AI outfit that I designed, and now I'm actually gonna make the pattern for it, and I'm gonna go pick out some material, and I'm gonna go put it on the runway." You know what I'm saying? So like using it as a tool versus like thinking that, oh, "Okay, this is gonna ruin everything that I'm about." Like it's not. Like they, you know, they, I mean, they do have machines that create clothes and stuff like that but like i'm just saying the the need for for real life real art and like the need for people for individuals who do something unique where it's like very rare um it's still there and you can use ai use technology to and incorporate that like to to create something great it's a good point it's not gonna roundhouse roundhouse kick your job no, no backflips and, and kicking people. Uh, all right, hold on a minute. Now I don't. That, too many hands. I know Chris has been up here for a minute. Mini, well, hold on, you hold on, hold on. I know go. Chris and Julian. Go ahead. Then I think Reggie Matthew Goody. <laughs> Listen, I don't care. Listen, because you're gonna eat mini mini mo to Matthew, and then Chris is gonna be like, what, what, "WTF?" All right. No, uh, I'm I'm good. I, I gotta. Chris, know me by bit, now. So, hey, Chris, what's up, Chris? Yeah. I, I'm just sticking around here. Right. Keep going. I'm, I'm just I'm gonna step down because I gotta uh, I gotta no jump off Chris a bit, no but go I love Chris. y'all take it easy no Chris. I just want to talk yeah. about the ethics thanks appreciate it not what are you talking <laughs> about Christopher because uh, he's, no. he's self centered so everything is oh oh I'm really? self centered okay we're gonna have a contest here I'm mute, I'm mute. this Chris listen listen for all Chris all Chris's are correct uh, we all stand together. Uh, Goddamn right, we, we, we have the Chris Club. Uh, none of y'all are in it because you're not named Chris. So sorry, it sucks to be you. That's Christine doesn't count. <laughs> and, Shout out to all the no, we, out there. I mean, we, we got our sister Christine Clubs, but they spell it all sorts of funky ass ways. So they kind of got their own sub clubs. 
Anyways, exactly. I, I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about uh, um, what what we were all talking about with AI. So we talk about AI, right, and uh, as AI art, but really, uh, I think James mentioned it about machine learning, and really we're teaching an algorithm to scrape across data and scrape across images uh, to be able to uh, combine to make a new image, right, based off of our prompts and the words associated with those photos. And there's, there's obviously a lot of more data into it, but there, if you can do things like exclude words, and I've been doing a lot of research uh, for AI for, for um, another group for a project, and they, they're able to exclude a lot of words out of mid-journey because it's creating some really uh, profane and explicit and uh, horrific stuff. And so they just, they can exclude it. Well, that, that exhibits a pretty tremendous amount of control over the system, um, which is the same amount of control. You know, somebody mentioned about killer robots and some of this other stuff. But we still have a lot of control over these, even though we can teach them to do some things autonomously um, without, you know, without or with little human interaction. But somebody, there's always a human in the loop. Uh, The military deals with this a lot about drones and all this other stuff. There's still a human in the loop making a decision that drone or whatever is still a tool. This is just like a digital photo drone, if you want to think about it that way. This is not Stealth. This is not Jarvis. This is not any of those other movies, which I all love, even though they're terrible. Um, oh, X, X Mahina not, is lit. X Mahina? Shout out that one. I don't don't come in so on there. the MCU, Chris. That's that's that that's no, no, that's no, not going to land well. I, I was James. I was just about to. I was just about to exclude the MCU, but Stealth. You know, I love Jamie Foxx, maybe not his best work, but the idea of this, uh, this you know, stealth jet gaining consciousness and deciding that it's going to start doing its own thing, we're, we are several generations of AI away from that because there are so many other things and decisions that have to go into our minds. You know, Steve talked earlier on Coffee with Captain, I was listening on the way home, about, you know, how fast our brain processes these things. And it processes things so much faster, taking in inputs and missing inputs to make decisions, whether it's ethical, legal, moral, uh, you know, whatever it's going to do. It processes so much more information from such a wide variety of inputs uh, that, quite frankly, if we could put the picture in our mind down on paper or down on a medium, it would make mid-journey look just amateur hour by by comparison. Um but I think one of the speakers was talking about like it's the talent to be able to confer that, uh, you know, from my mind to the paper. So I just want to say that real quick. I got to jump. I, I love you all. I wish I could be in these more and more often. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, remember all Chris is rock. <laughs> no, that was a nice. I don't know about that. that. You, you, were, you were talking about Jamie Foxx. Was there a pun there? That's not cool. I think. Yeah. I think you're out of the Chris club. I think, I no, think no, I, I, I said I love. Was that an intended Ross. pun, though, Chris, or did that just? I, don't know. I, I, I don't think know. so. <laughs> said all Chris Rock. What happened? He said all Chris is Rock. Chris is Rock. I'll show It's always intentional. I'll see myself out. That was absolutely intentional, and I love Jamie Foxx. That stealth was just not his best work. All right, love you all. Talk to you later. Bye. He said. He said. He said all Chris is Rock, especially his jaw.
<laughs> I see. If it sounds like I a pun, that, you did it on purpose. I do. I do know Julian has been patient, and then Reggie, then Matthew, then Goody. No, Goody was y'all forgot Goody. Well, I know. Goody I know. I, 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 I paid attention on that but one. Julian. But I, I just hey, want hey, to tell us where to go. You could go to Julian because he been. I'll let her tell y'all. She don't know. Because I want Goody to go. I'll say, forget everybody. Yeah, tell us where to go. Where we go next? Y'all pay attention. Watch her. Julian, Julian, Julian. Thanks. Thanks, thanks. It's great to see that we can speak happy for not named Chris. Next time I, I put Chris in my in my headline uh, before joining the room. Uh, but nice nice to see everybody. This is a great room, super engaging, and a lot of like insights. And uh, the AI topic is super hot right now. And Midjourney has been a great tool for me as well uh, recently. And I wanted to piggyback on what Six was saying um, because I totally relate on the, on the story that Six shared is that I, I see these, these AI tools as a way to give those technical skills uh, and design skills to people who are non-technical. Like I am not from a 3D background or design background and I can barely sketch for shit, but uh, I work in fashion and I work in digital creation technologies and um, and I work a lot with designers in my team. I, 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 I lead a team with designers and with 3D artists and developers and, and working on products and sometimes to explain ideas. You know, we do mood boards, sketches, like mind maps, a bunch of tools and, and, and it's so hard sometimes to really communicate your vision correctly to your team to execute that. Uh, but now with me journey, it takes me a few minutes of couple prompts after each other to then have a perfect visualization of what I actually want to build and then communicate that to the right people with the right skills to actually build up from that. And uh, it's just so wonderful how much we can execute with these tools now. So I'll advise anyone who haven't tried it yet to try them and um, to really empower everybody to become a designer and to demonstrate this use case that now, thanks to this technology, anybody in this room right now can become a fashion designer. Uh, at DressX, uh, we decided to launch this challenge today, whereas everybody can come in. Uh, I pinned the tweet on my Twitter account and it's on the DressX Twitter account if you want to check it out. Everybody can come in and do a digital fashion creation from Midjourney. Just jump to create an image. And we will select 10 images to produce in cloud 3D files, in augmented reality files, and distribute them in our ecosystem of tools, mobile application, and e-commerce marketplaces. And every revenue that will come from that will be redistributed in revenue shares to the creators that created those items with Midjourney AI from the beginning. We really want to showcase to people that now with Midjourney AI, AI and other AI tools, you can create, produce, and commercialize your mind via other platforms. That was fire. Yeah. Bars <laughs> right there. Uh, oh my God. Steve, I, I, have, I, have, I have something to say to that though on, on contention just for a little tiny piece of it. I loved it. You're 100% spot on, but you and I both know, Julian, there's a small piece missing. The technical side, like the tech pack and, and all that to create the garment for the factory to translate is the small piece missing. When they figure that out and they could start doing AI-generated tech packs based on a design that was generated in AI, you know, that changes everything. So sorry, and actually, it's, 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 it's almost there. Like, so I'm just going to complete that, 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 that jump back on that. It's like, the steps are like we use the image rendered by Midjourney AI and then we recreate it in Clo uh, to create the 3D model with the um, Clo animation. 
And then we use that animation uh, and, and GLB or FBX or ZPRG project files and to convert them into uh, an AR low-poly model to then dive into the AR wearability uh, of that concept. But there's already a few AI platforms coming in that also have this logic of prompt to uh, creation with 3D elements, but very basic, like uh, squares or like stars or like chairs, like very basic stuff, but it's already there. Uh, and it will come as well. But right now, we just want to prove that it's possible. But of course, as you just said, like, yeah, if you don't know, like, a minimum of 3D software creations, you still are limited to the 2D images. But it's it's coming. I pinned at the top, too, um, his uh, dress sex. This looks pretty cool. I'm glad to share it. Yeah, appreciate Thanks. that. And Steve, I didn't mean to cut you off. Chat, come come on in with what you were saying. because I, I, No, 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 no. I just I just love how he ended it there. Uh, go ahead and get, keep running hands. We have a lot of hands, so I didn't want to. I just like I just thought he had a really great uh, – I, I loved everything he was saying. I loved your pushback too, but I just wanted to like just give credit where credit's due. I thought that was a great, uh, a great way of putting it and a great summation of how to use it in fashion as well, which is super relevant. So um, props to Julian on that one, um, and I'll, I'll, we can keep going through hands. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, Julian, uh, I, I second what Steve said. Uh, I'm really interested to have more conversations with you as things progress in, uh, in here. Please, please keep coming back. Uh, Reggie, you hop down, you hop back up. We're going to go to you and then Goody because it looks like Matthew got to a place to where he can't talk, but we'll, we'll circle back around to him. So, Reggie, what's up? Or, oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. I think the topic was about um... – Artificial intelligence or Jay Z, is that you? Oh, wait, hold up. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, this is not the first time I've been called Jay Z, but hey, look, he's one of my biggest inspirations. Speaking of Jay Z, actually, um, uh, um, shout out to all the celebrities out here, you know, that are promoting Web3, you know, Miguel. I don't know if Jay Z's in the Web3 game, but Snoop Dogg with his music NFTs, like, I feel like. I feel like with um with um let me just say with quantum computing especially you know you know how chat gpt works is really quantum computing I feel like with how technology is going right now uh there's I feel like it's two ways it could go one already mentioned you know teaching robots how to like use guns obviously you know that's not good but I feel like I feel like there's a purpose for everything, you know, with robots and artificial intelligence. I feel like right now the stage we're at is just getting them to do things that we don't really want to, you know, put too much effort into, you know, for example, like generative art and like um, shit, even just like writing code for you on chat GPT or just building things, you know, and all those monotonous tasks, not being not having to like do all that. I feel like right now the stage we're at with um, with artificial intelligence is we're we're creating something that we don't have to work too hard on in the future. So when we get to the stage where now we can literally just tell robots, okay, look, you know, I don't want to hire someone to like, you know, design something, design an app for me, make me an app that can, um, you know, I don't know, buy me gas or something. I don't know. Just random things, random ideas that we have that we don't want to uh, put too much work into. Now I feel like the problem with that is, um, especially with like building a community of people that you want to like actually hire, I feel like it might get to a point where we don't we don't have that relationship anymore with our clients where we can actually create an experience. Because I feel like with 
quantum computing right now i feel like we have to create more experiences you know for example with music nfts like imagine not only just selling your art or your music on you know apple music or whatever but actually having like a game like someone has said with the shit coins like ape like ape coin having like something that you can actually use it for you know instead of just like holding it in your wallet like maybe like the music nft could give you access to like a show or like maybe like it could give you access to like a, a rave or something or like you know creating more utility with what we own in our wallets instead of just having it to like hold so i feel like we're moving towards that direction creating experiences with um ai and then nfts <laughs> I think ApeCoin might be a little bit different on on that list. Uh, all all things considered, as of more recent, there, I think we're starting to understand there's actually going to be use cases. But the other ones, I, I don't disagree with you uh, or push back at all on that. Mister Goody, I feel I feel like we need to go to Goody. Yeah, I was going to say he's been very patient. I Goody, is there an intro or what, what's going on? Wait, wait, no. Oh, sorry. All right. Of course, I gotta do the intro, James. Especially when it hypes Stacky up as much as it does. Like, I give it till like March when she's as tired of it as Steve probably is at this point. But for now, I'm rolling with it. (laughs) I dance every time the song comes on. So it's a quick dance. It's it's goody. It's good. You know, and then you go ahead and start talking. It's really cool. I love it. Don't yeah, don't ever go listen to the full version because uh you'll you'll get real tired of it real quick. But it is a good song. Ask Money Mom, I listen to the same song over and over again forever. So don't let her know so I ain't gotta listen to it. Yeah, then she'll make you listen to it a bunch. Yeah. Uh no, it's been a really interesting conversation. It's been a a couple of different places. So I want to touch on like two different things I wrote down notes of. Um, number one, the whole like like AI taking over thing, right? Like that concept. It's been around for so much longer. Like, I'm going to, like, make myself seem young, but I recently watched Space Odyssey, right? And that movie, I didn't realize how old that movie was. Like, that, that came out in the 60s. But, like, the fact that back then, their story of this artificial intelligence ba- basically making the decision to kill people and, you know, carry on with the mission regardless of human life and human interference and, and what might be good and what might be bad and the fact that like they had only two computers and and the computer ended up like betraying the humans and making the decisions for itself and killing people like that was a storyline back 60 years ago right (laughs) and so the fact that that that's what we've basically manifested over the time it's it's only a matter of time it's only like a matter of you know when it happens, not if it happens, because we've always known that these machines are going to get bigger, better, smarter, faster, quicker than us in all these different ways. And especially when quantum computing comes into the equation, like, holy shit, now we're really screwed. So with all of that being said, it's like more like people have been saying, using it as tools or trying to ingratiate ourselves to the machine overlords that will one day eventually take over. So we want to make sure that we don't piss the AI off and we really want to like work with it in conjunction so that they, they know that we're, we're good for them and they're good for us. No, because it really can be used as a cool tool. Like I think it, the, and that leads into the second point is like these AI tools as tools really lower the barrier of entry 
for so many professions that for so long have been very exclusory. Fashion design, like I dated a girl that went to FITM, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandise in Los Angeles. Very hard school to get into, first of all. Very expensive school to go to. And even being a, a top-level graduate, she had an incredibly difficult time getting into like a lot of fashion roles in Los Angeles. So it doesn't even it's not even like worth the money necessarily, but you have to go through that program or similar ones to even be a part of that exclusive world of design and merchant and all these things. And over the course of the internet, we've seen those worlds start to crumble. Those walls start to come down as people start to do more at home selling. People start to have that access to a consumer base outside of the, the runway strip, right? But now you've got people that have access to the ability to create beyond what was like these tools and these types of things that you really had no other way of getting into besides like being a part of it from the beginning. And you have people being able to like express themselves in different ways. Like Steve with his AI photos that he's doing, the emotional uh, backgrounds and stuff. You think he could paint that that picture with the, the old man and the, the world and the, the little kid? Do you think Steve could really make that? No, but he can think it. And if he can think it, then the AI can make it. So it's, it lowers the barrier of entry for so many of these things. And I think it makes the world more fun. And we just have to be friends with the AI because eventually we're all screwed. And I'll rest the mic. Goody's like, you hear all these people. Goody's just over here. It's like, you hear all these people talking shit about you, AI? Not me. Not me. Not me. He doesn't want to be you know what I thought was interesting, Goodies? You started to touch on the the iterations, right? I think we're on GPT 3.0 and, and chat GPT 4 is, I think, on the horizon. My question is, um, and, and supposedly it's going to be like, it's going to make 3.0 look sad, which is crazy because they're currently using that to like correct code and, and um, you know, engineers are using it in, in just insane ways. So I think what you said is poignant in terms of like, you know, obviously people have that in the back of their minds, but right now we're using the tool um, within the parameters of, of what we know anyway, right? In terms of like it being safe, but the more data you feed into this, like, does it start to, does, does, do you start to go down that road? So I, I actually, that, in the back of my mind, I do worry about stuff like that. Before we go to the other hands though, uh, I do want to be respectful. Ma Matthew, I, I saw you had your hand up earlier, went down. I don't know if I got tired or if, if you just uh, got in a place where you couldn't talk. Did you want to come in with whatever you had before? Or, or, or lost or, or we lost move on? It. Yeah, exactly. Did you lose it? He's, no. Oh, no, it, it's all good. I, I'm just sort of listening to sort of how the conversation is evolving. I, I think, you know, it is a tool. Like, there's no way of getting around it. And it's going to be one of those things that evolves as we do ouch like it, it's just kind of like a perpetual thing i i don't think it's either good or bad i think it really does come down to how we educate ourselves about using technology you know it's just like the internet there it's a lot of positives but there's a lot of negatives I, I think this is the first time that we have access to information on this scale and this uh easily accessible I think that with that kind of access also comes a lot of responsibility of knowing how to use it. And part of that is all of us sort of having these conversations and, you know, 
having educated debates about how to best move forward because we are at that beta phase where, you know, we are going to constantly migrate from platform to platform and we're going to go through the different phases and the next generation is going to go in their own direction. And I think it's important for us to sort of just stay on the wave of saying, okay, how do we start to move as the community finds a new necessity or finds a new interest? I love how you were like, no, I don't really have anything to say. And then you just drop fire. Um, typical, typical Matthew. And by the way, Goody with Steve, <laughs> I, and I don't know if it's Goody or Steve, Steve, I love, I love all of these AIs that you're putting out, um, especially when you attach emotional um, reference to them, because it actually, when I first looked at it, I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Then I read and I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Um, so I, what are you using, Steve? I wonder. Are you using like the text to? I'm using Midjourney, and what I'll do, I, it takes time, honestly. Like, and I, I'll share this. Like I said, I'm, I'm somewhat self conscious about the AR because it's like I'm still wrapping my head around the fact that I'm using language to create something because it is, again, that's what's beautiful. It's like what Goody said. It's like I, I've always loved language. I've always loved the English language. I've always loved like there's always a more elegant way to say something. So I do like the fact that it gives me something to express myself. But I go to a prompt of something that's in my head and think like, how would I describe this to someone and refine my words so it works? And then what I'll do is I'll then say, okay, how do we modify that to get it closer to what I'm looking for and better? And sometimes I scrap it because it doesn't work. And sometimes it does. A lot of times I give myself themes. Like I have a tech dystopia theme. I have a theme about sort of like this sort of like, you know, melancholy yet hopeful things with my kids. Like I have different themes that I'll go, um, you know, I have, I have some dystopian themes and I'll, I'll approach it that way. And then I'll refine it and, a lot of times, I'm not even kidding on some of them, I'll spend like an hour refining a single prompt until I get what I want out of it. And again, I'm not like selling these or anything. I'm just kind of doing it for my own creative output. But to me, it's actually, I, I talked to a bunch of you, Joe, uh, my, 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 my buddy, my DJ Network co-founder um, about this. Um, he's, he's made music before. I've made music before. Like I write songs. He's written songs um, for a long time. And like, we both haven't done that in a while. It's just an outlet we haven't had time for and, and with everything going on. And we both kind of had the same feeling where we're like, you know what? This is like the most almost letting pressure out of a balloon creative output I've had uh, almost related to music where I wrote music when my friends have passed away or for my girlfriend when I was 16, who's now my wife. And like things like that are, um, are, are how I've always had like creative outputs. Um, and so like, I think it's a great creative output. And James, to your point, I didn't ever thought of it until you said it just now, but in a lot of ways, like when I put those pro like what I was thinking and my feeling behind it, my emotion, it's almost like the side of like, you know, when you're at an art museum and there's sort of the writing of what the artist was thinking there. Right. I mean, it's kind of almost putting to putting to it, like this was the inspiration behind this painting, this thought, this whatever. Um, so, and when I mint art blocks, it's the same thing. I look at what the description is and I'll be like, ah, that seems kind of weak. And some of them will be like, Oh my God, that really speaks to me. I'm minting that. So I don't know, that, that's kind of how I approach it. And a lot of times it's just refining the language until it gets you. And sometimes it's like paragraphs and sometimes it's like just a few simple prompts that gets you where you're trying to go. And it's just a matter of what you're, what you're hitting that day and how descriptive you can be. But it's really only as limited at least to get to the output that you want or you think you want into the way you can refine the language. So that, that's how I've always approached it. Well, and 
Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Gary. Come, come back in. Sorry, I just wanted to agree with Steve real quick because, like, to your point, Steve, like you said, like words are a language and art, uh, it, you know, in and of itself, right? And so, for people that don't necessarily have the sleight of hand to be able to produce that, they're still able to now be a part of it. And I think that that's what has made like all this fud or fear, or whatever you want to call it, like the the apprehension about AI especially from the sectors that it's affecting most. I honestly think that hot take it's, it's, it's people being fearful that they're going to be replaced or displaced, not by the AI, but by people using the AI, because now it's not just the ability to actually produce on pen and paper, you know, your vision from your mind. But if you have something in your head that you've never been able to get out before, except in words, you can now describe it and produce it in a different form, not just with pictures, but with like music, like there's AI music creation, there's AI video creation, you can go text to video without ever hitting an edit button besides writing the script. So there's ways to create content now, <clears throat> excuse me, that people have not been able to before. And that lower barrier of entry is scaring many, but it's exciting a lot of others. And I think it's like a really beautiful moment in time. Well, one very quick build on that. And then James, I'll kind of toss back to you in hands because I know we have a lot of hands and a uh, really hot topic, but I'll, I'll even build on that and say, look, I, I am, a, like, I'm a writer. Like I write, writing a book I write like all the time like it's one of the things I love to do it's one of the things I've really enjoyed doing my whole life and it's something I I wouldn't say necessarily it's that I'm a talented writer it's just I really like writing so I've done it a lot and I've gotten better at it and so I don't feel threatened by people who are getting things in chat GPT or others for writing prompt because if they're not naturally somebody who is either a talented writer or someone who likes to write good for them they can go in and get something and have what they have in their head meaningfully translated into words that they can then use in an email or a story or a blog post or a tweet or whatever. And they can be like, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I just didn't have the words or have the right way to do it. So it's not that me as a writer is threatened. I'm always going to write my own stuff. I'm rare. I'm probably not going to use these generators, but I do think for people who do good for them, like that's awesome. That means that they're going to be able to express themselves in a way that I can comfortably express myself and I can express myself through art in a way I couldn't have comfortably expressed myself before. So I think all of that, AI is like a tool, like, again, like I'm terrible with directions. I have a GPS. Yay. You know, I mean, that that's how I see it. How bad are you with directions? Do you have to, when you think about right and left, do you have to like, uh, like I'm, I have to. So I'm not, that, I'm not that bad, but like, like my wife can walk through a city once and she's like, oh, yeah, it's on the corner over here next to this. Like, there are certain things that are tied to emotion I can remember. Like, I can tell you where all the shit is in Disney World. Because, like, I took my kids mm -hmm. there and I remember everything. But, like, if you're driving around a city, I'm fucked. I need it. I need I'm help. screwed, too. This is just the craziest thing. But, Steve, you said something about uh, ChatGPT and people who can write. Like, you can write, right? I'm not a writing person, but I, ha I can speak and I have the thoughts, right? And sometimes, sometimes the thoughts are there but I can't bring them out into words really. So I have like a few words to describe what I need and then I'll put it in chat GPT and it spit out a whole, it's, it'll spit out uh, what I was thinking because Is sometimes it? my words are like jumbled up and, and I can't explain what I'm thinking correctly. So I throw it in chat GPT and it gives me the, my thought it's the craziest thing. It's like some kind of, uh, I swear I'm autistic. You, you know, I swear, but, um, you know, I use it as a tool like that. So yeah, to your point, I don't plan on being some a writer though. Like, but it does ha help me with 
you know, uh, my beautiful mind, you know, it helps me put it on paper. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Beth knows because I usually I used to send her things and she used to have to rewrite the whole thing for it to make sense. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, when was the last time you had an MRI? Oh, shit. You said I got brain damage. Who is that? No, 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 no. I didn't say that. You said that. Okay. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Here's a real question. Can you ask G- chat GPT to give you directions? I've never heard anybody try that before. Steve, try it. Try it. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a that's a great yeah, question. I have I, I I haven't. I'm sure you could, but I I have to think about. I don't know. I'm gonna like dox my location then if I do that. I put you yeah, can pull information off of there. Uh, you just gotta ask it the right questions. So I've been I've been talking to J- Chat GPT more than I talk to you guys on Twitter Spaces, and you know that's a problem. So uh, yeah, me and Chat GPT have been having conversations. Uh, that is that's now my friend. But uh, yeah, we might want to talk about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I I love the company of robots at this point. I mean, at first it was like just cartoon pictures. Now it's this uh, object that comes from data. So I think I have a problem. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was Ida Lou. Hi. Ida Lou. I just want her to start dancing. Ida Lou. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. Um... I miss you, darling. Oh, I miss you. I miss all of you first. Definitely. I I, I I I was going to see my girls today, so I had some wine and uh-huh. on my way home I decided, okay, I'm gonna see what's happening on the on the on the Fashion Fridays Club family. How's everybody? I wanted to um bring kind of another angle to AI. Um, and I think Julian just left, but I think Julian is in Paris too. I met him briefly at some point during the summer. But he just left. Um, I saw, and I'm trying to post it on the on, on on the comments. I saw actually today that the I don't know if you have seen the new collaboration with Kusama and Louis Vuitton. So I came up today with this um, like the campaign that they did for for that collaboration. It's all done um, using AI. So and I'm just posting it right now. So. I feel that's another interesting concept that could help just elevate the content that independent designers can do without having to spend enormous amounts of budget into getting their productions um, and their products um, out there into just like um, a, a nice video content, you know, nice elevated commercial campaigns, which as we all know, they cost thousands of dollars. Just the photo shoot alone cost thousands of dollars to so just imagine doing like um, a proper campaign, a nice video. So using AI to actually promote some of your designs and items and products, it just couldn't, it just it could be life-changing for some of the independent designers that want to get out there but want to be seen, but don't really have the budget to, you know, hire an agency, hire stylists, hire makeup artists, hire photographers and video editors to just like make sure that they have the proper campaign that will be visible by the big, um, you know, the fashion retailers, the boutiques, you know, whoever wants to, whoever is the target that they want for, for their campaign. So I thought that was so interesting, not just from the, from the perspective of being able to design and, you know, that first step of you know, coming up with the products. But once the products are done, it could also be helpful to just elaborate and build the world that you want to build that maybe you couldn't build it if you have to do it realistically with the budget that you have to do it so 
that's what I wanted to bring to the family today. I, I just posted it on the chat. Sorry, I was DMing uh, right now. Steve, Steve, I was sending you a message on this, but I might as well say you, you need to take those images to Canvas and save them and give them to your son one day. Uh, I, I think that that would be an incredible uh, thing to do. And when I when I saw that, I think it was yesterday, because I think it was a couple of days ago that you actually put it up, but I read yesterday when I saw it, I was just like a little moving. So I was like, that that's awesome. It actually inspired me uh, on some thoughts on that. But uh, I know Lafina has had her hand up very patiently. Um, Welcome back. Real quick, real quick as a side note before we go, go down to Lafina, I will say, I will say, uh, yes, you can get directions from Chappie GPT. I asked him how to get from the Statue of Liberty to the Empire State Building, and it gave me a few different options on trains to take, traffic, ways to go. So, yes, you can. Um, once again, I welcome our AI overlords. Sorry, Lafina, go ahead and get in here. Hey, Steve. Hey, everyone. Clubhouse, Matthew. My love stacks, stacks on racks, Leslie at the bottom, money mom, everybody, hello. Um, about AI chat GPT, I mean, it's kind of like when Google kind of started, um, you know, accepting Bing.com and, you know, search engines and things like that. And now it is such a norm to just be like, oh, okay, Google it. You don't know something, Google it. Well, now, in a sense, you know, you're trying to put something together and it's like, why don't you have uh, ChatGPT help you? So it's like, it's more in the sense of, um, you know, if you can't beat them, join them type thing. It's well said thing. It's well said in the sense that, like, I think it's, it's similar to what we are hearing from Six earlier where it's like, look, this is coming. Um, so how do we ensure that we're using it in the right way? It, it's the same way I approach Web3, frankly. Like, you know, people talk about like, you know, like when they get mad at big brands when they come into Web3. And my answer to that is always like, okay, well, big brands are coming into Web3 whether we want them to or not. So us as native people to sort of this uh, ecosystem can either help them out and give them the right sort of direction or we can just get mad and FUD them into the ground and say, and then they'll, you know, and let them figure it out on their own. And I think it's similar with AI where it's coming. Are we going to use it correctly and help direct the, you know, ethical use of it or not? So I, I think it's a really good point, Lafia. Um, Mary Beth, I see you emphatically raising your hand. Well, so I'm going to go to you next. <laughs> I, I was raising it and putting it down and raising it. I was, you know, this can be applied to a chat GPT or, um, a mid-journey type platform. So I think like, because I actually, when I was experimenting, um, you know, in the writing aspect, right, I used, I punched, I typed in the same thoughts, right, but using different for, like structures of sentences and it spit out the same thing and it had me thinking. So I'm, I love writing, right? I'm, I'm a strong writer. I, I do struggle with writer's block, maybe because I think too hard. Um, and, you know, like in high school, for example, the English programs and the writing programs were so difficult, very competitive, that I would be intimidated to start writing. And I was thinking like, oh, this would have been great to have just to at least get my thoughts going, right? To inspire me seeing my thoughts in a few paragraphs just to get me going. But then it would be my responsibility to make it my style, switch things around, you know, 
sh- the old school shift F7, which means the, the Saurus is like, that was the old school cheat way to find like different words. If you don't want to say the word good or very or special, you know, too many times in the same paper, but, you know, but it would be my responsibility to kind of like, you know, make it my own. And then I, I think that would, c- could apply to, you know, AI art, right? Or are we expecting that the final product, it's okay to be ours? So so you're talking about Mary Beth, like, for example, if I pulled up, like, if I put in mid-journey these prompts and it, and it gave me this image, like, with, like, uh, somebody used the sleeves, for example, and then you put in a prompt, uh, change the sleeves, like, because that's what I do with chat GPT. I'll say something like, omit uh, this word, and it'll take that whole word out of the whole prompt. So, you know, it's like something like uh, to change the sleeve to this or change the the um, the neckline to this. Are you, are you talking about something like that was more well, specific? Yeah, well, I'm saying I'll, I'll break it in, too. So the writing part, right, like it play, it can spit out, um, you know, you can if you copy and paste what it spits out, you and you uh, publish it somewhere, whether it's on a, an academic paper or, you know, on a website, there is a likeliness for uh, plagiarism, right? And so I was just wondering, like, it's possible for us to spit out the same images on, you know, artistic AI platforms. But I'm saying, like, now that I'm thinking about it, um, are they solutions for our minds and our processes to producing things? I guess in that aspect, but I think they're more so tools in order for us to get our own unique output of products. Does anyone feel where I'm going with that? Yeah, I I think that, I think that depends on the artist, right? And the, first of all, the experience, the um, kind of the level, the the skill level, right? If I'm someone that like, let's use fashion, perfect example, because you guys started talking about sleeves for a minute. Like when I did those raincoats, um, I was very specific and even some construction of like storm, storm flap and blah, blah, blah. And it spit out four versions. Would I take those versions and copy them directly? No. Like I would probably take elements out of that and then apply it in the way that I know on flats to then turn into a tech back to produce the garment. Some people might not have that skill level or experience and they might just utilize that image and try to give that to a manufacturer and say, make this raincoat. Um, and, and that's, that's the difference. I think that's relative to the user, right? But I, I think I would perhaps, and, and the way that I see it being used is for inspiration. I wouldn't probably just, I don't know, for, for me, it wouldn't feel right to take that garment and just utilize it as is. I would want to recapitulate that and, and use elements of that into my own thing. But, but, that's the glory of the tool. That's the glory of the technology is now other designers can make that decision if they don't have that skill. That was what Julian was talking about before. Um, so I understand. Yeah, totally putting all the puzzle pieces together because it's, it's on the surface level. I was just like, you know, we kind of touch on the same topic, but like I'm actually formulating different opinions as since we started this conversation like an hour and a half ago. So I find it very fascinating. And and on the uh, writ- on the written part, real quick, I I would say also I believe don't quote me on this because because like I said I don't I mean similar to you I love to write so like I'm not a like a heavy power user of the written stuff but to my understanding there are actually tools that you can run 
your uh your spit out ai from and through to do like uh, uh, to effectively do plagiarism checks so you can actually kind of do that to see whether it's original created sort of words by getting your thoughts on paper the way stacky had mentioned earlier or like you know and, and so you're able to kind of have that check so i don't know what those tools are but i've been told that uh by a couple of people but i you know don't quote me on that but i want to bring that because people have, have mentioned that I love that. So yeah, for sure too. And and you can also tell Chat GPT um, or any other bot, uh, you know, make it casual. <laughs> so it changes the whole wording of the thing. So I'll say make it casual. I even say make it sassy. So it gives me it spits out sassy things. You say uh, uh, turn it into a poem or make it a rap. I want y'all to do that. I want you to take something that you already wrote and then put it into Chat GPT. And uh, say, make it a poem, uh, make it spicy, or or I say, make it spicy too, and it'll it'll send me something really cool. So or uh, Robinson, yeah, or or make it in a, a superhero tone, or you know, so you could play around with it too. So even if you did probably plagiarize something, you could probably <laughs> get around it by rewording the whole damn thing in a different tone. That's so, really cool. I didn't even think about <clears> that. Uh huh. Because I I needed something to sound like me, so I said, "Hey, make it sassy." <laughs> yeah. So I just want to acknowledge uh, a few people in here who didn't get a chance to talk yet. We got Bruce in here, and we got Tams, Tams. Hi, Tams. Happy Friday, people. Happy Friday, Tam. So, is this the reason Google lay off eleven thousand people? I, I don't think so. I think I think Google might have hired too many damn people during the bull run because they had a, a bunch of extra money. I don't know. I don't. But, Microsoft did a great thing for for jumping on this. That's the way I see it, and I wonder if that is the next future of search. Right? That's one. Second, I think I like the fashion play of it. If AI could conceptualize the idea before production, that's my take. And I'm probably going to use it that way. But the art is scary to me. The art is so think, scary. What do you think, you think uh, Tams, about the art? Why, why is it so scary? I don't know. I, I guess I'm too old for this shit. And I'm not <laughs> used to looking at people's faces tune up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know... I guess, right? It is kind of scary because then uh, look at it like this. Now you have maybe we have some goggles or some glasses in a few years, and then you can make people look how you want them to look through the glasses. I don't know. X-ray, X-ray specs. Oh, X-ray specs. Who is that creep? Who's creeping? Who's that? That's, That's me. Chris. That's Chris. I'm always creeping. Of course, of course. <laughs> look at the PFP. Ever since I met him, but. <laughs> It's such a creep. Anyway, I wanted to go say hi to Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Hi. Happy Fashion Friday. I'm glad you could make it. I'm so, of course, of course, of course, better late than pregnant. You know, that's what they say. So um, I'm loving scrolling through and seeing all the homework everyone did with the AI art and listening to and like loving this idea of. sort of like the nuances of using AI, AI you, you know, post photography, I heard that term used earlier. I was like, oh, that's cleaner. Um, post photography art. Um, 
which I think is so interesting, but it's like, yeah, you definitely do fall into the same um, sort of ethical sort of places as you do like when you're designing clothes regularly you know I worked for a vintage fashion archive and we'd sell clothes to you know everyone from Jean-Paul Gaultier would buy lace from the 1890s just for his personal collection because he couldn't remake it or you know Valentino would buy dresses or whomever would buy whatever literally from from Walmart to Valentino and everyone in between and um you know some brands will use it just as inspiration as reference and some brands will be like you know what i like this dress we're gonna run this in a different fabric and send the whole garment you have the whole their design team just break down a garment like line by line um and it's sort of the same nuance it's like you know you don't want to get called out um also i don't know maybe it's because i'm just psychotic but i i always have this slightly uncanny valley feeling with ai art like it all sort of it doesn't all look the same like it can be made to look like you know sort of different styles but i i I almost has that sort of still kind of there's not a lot of there's nuance to themes but it doesn't seem like it's like you can tell that it's ai art that's my take on that and i'm sure that will change as it continues to be used and I, i certainly don't have not played around with it i've been running around um dressing dressing people in the IRL because that's still important um and anyone who needs a stylist like I'll work within a budget for you or your brand whatever like you know let's talk um because you can't replace people you can you know it's like I've seen things and I'm like wow that's inspiring I'd love to make that real um but I've not seen anything that I'm like wow that's better than real um you know one or two things have fooled me um, until you really look at the details and you're like, no, something's not right there. That, that's not what a person looks like. Um, but, you know, it's like always so fascinated by everything. And just, you know, speaking of fashion, we just got some poochie fresh off the runway for a VIP press week weekend in Dubai. I'm the editor-in-chief of Award and some Roger Vivier and Valentino tomorrow. They sent a scarf up to her room. Um, so I'm so excited for to start getting like pictures and sh- being able to share when she starts posting, um, which I will certainly send to you all. But I'll post something down in the chat. Yes, Bruce, please share, please, please, please. I would love to see it. But you guys, it is six fifty-four Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we know Steve and James bedtime is coming up, so we do have to start wrapping it up. I just want to know if you guys had any finishing thoughts here before Steve and James have to uh, hit the hay. No sleep for this guy. I've got some fucking dookie dash to play for Board 8 Yacht Club. Oh uh, we, we go from intelligent AI discussions to going through a fucking sewer uh, trying to do, I don't even know what I'm even trying to win here. That's so, why you made the AI like uh, specs. X-ray so specs. dookie dash is like the top played game right now. Like in... Uh, I saw something like Dookie Dash is <laughs> it's like the top streamed game on Twitch or something like that. Something crazy. But um yeah, so I have to see what this Dookie Dash is like. I'm a I'm about I'm a little bit of a gamer myself, so I'm curious to see what it's about. Dookie get yourself Dash. get yourself a tier one pass, although I think they're like two two ETH right now. A, a tier four pass is going for like six plus ETH. That's like fucking ten grand. Can I the Dookie? What's that, Matthew? I'm just curious if I can dress my dookie. 
No, it's just uh, I wish. Uh, unfortunately, not the case in this particular time. You could dress your own dookie if that's what you're asking. I give you permission. But actually in the game, no. No, my goodness. Not dress your own. I don't remember. No, no, called dookies. So if everybody's curious, this is typically how we wind things down. So it's it's a key. You got don't you got to get to the key? <laughs> anyway, you guys, uh, the key in the butthole. Yes, there you go. That's for the key is in the butthole. <laughs> and if anybody is new and has no idea what we're talking about, I apologize in advance. That's real utility right there. We're discussing bridge. This is this is the web three space here, you guys. We're talking about do keys and keys and and a um a, a cartoon monkey's rectum. And we're adults here. Hi, hi. Oh, uh, it's a play on nice words. That's that's clever. Do key dash here, you know. Uh, so if you guys are familiar, uh, because we are in a fashion space, and uh, some of you guys come from the other side of Web three. Here on this side of Web three, we play video games uh, about cartoon monkeys, anuses, and and keys. Hi. This is what I love though. This is what I love about this world, though. Like, I swear to God, yesterday, I, I, I literally spoke to a Harvard Business School class. Today, I am playing a game about a monkey's asshole with a key stuck in it. This is what I, people are complex. I love I Web3. Love How can I you love not love Web3 with that statement? you guys earlier. It, it's like a universal experience, right? Come on. Come on. You don't have to be in Web3 to understand that. Yeah, the best is when you get woken up by your billionaire boss asking really quick, what is a dookie dash? And then having to be like, <laughs> let me get back to you on that. And then having to like, through it and yeah, have to then explain that to an older gentleman. And and then wake up every morning and say GM in Stacky Robinson's dungeon. So everybody, let's go and uh we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>